Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MMA MMA show, Matt's middle-aged mixed martial arts show. This is a very special edition of the show. Last week, I recorded it while my son was in the other room sick with the flu. He is back to school. Today's his first day back, but it is a half day. So my daughter gets home first, so she's going to be home soon. So I'm actually recording this while driving on a highway in southeastern Massachusetts. I just had some work done to my wife's car, so I'm driving home now. If I don't record this now, it will likely not get recorded at all today. So being the dedicated person I am, I am going to try and do this while driving. Probably not a good idea. Possibly illegal. I don't know, but I'm giving it a shot. Hopefully I don't get pulled over, although maybe that would make a good podcast. Good podcasting, good radio. I'm not sure what the proper term is. Either way, I'm going to try to uh, cover all the news in MMA and whatnot this week. Um, Let's try and... uh, do this. I actually already screwed up and closed out a window here, so this is going to be great. This is going to go really, really well. There was a UFC show this past weekend. It was UFC Fight Night, a Sun Sal versus Maurice 2. It took place in Fortaleza, Brazil. Despite all the crime and drama going on in Brazil, the UFC still managed to pull this show off. I don't believe there were any robberies or kidnappings, which is good. Uh, Apparently that's been going on in this area of Brazil quite a bit in recent months with, uh, uh, I guess there's a new president who's trying to crack down on crime and whatnot. But in the main event, uh, Marlon Moraes defeated Rafael Asuncao by submission. It was an arming guillotine, actually. It was 317 into the first. Race looked awesome here. This was a um, basically a top contender fight at bantamweight, with the winner probably being the number one contender for TJ Dillashaw's championship. The obviously the question mark surrounding this one is what's going to happen with Henry Cejudo and the 125 pound title. Is he going to move up and rematch Dillashaw? That remains to be seen. But Marais looked phenomenal in this fight. Sun Sao's no joke. He's a perennial top five guy at bantamweight. Uh, doesn't get finished easily at all. And Marais just kind of walked through him here. Impressive, impressive win. Marais hit a couple uh, big right hands. Got the fight to the ground. Got mount. Landed some ground and pound. I'm going to put the car on cruise control here, if anybody was wondering. We're going to go a little bit above the speed limit, but not so much that we risk getting pulled over because i got to get home in time to get the kids off the bus. Anyway, uh, Marais looked great. Clearly, I think he deserves a title shot at this point. He's strung together some good wins, big finishes, knockout wins. A Sun Sao is tough to finish, rarely gets submitted, and uh, Marais just made it look easy. 
really, really athletic, really talented guy. Not much name value there. I don't think many fans know him. Uh, he was great in his PFL days, or I guess it was World Series of Fighting back then. Just This guy's legit. To finish a sunset like he did is really, really impressive. I think he deserves the next title shot against Dillashaw. And I'd love to see Cejudo stay at 125 and maybe take a, take a fight at 125, defend that title. And then maybe you could do the Dillashaw-Cejudo rematch, depending on how everything shakes out. In the co-main event, Jose Aldo turned back time, defeating Hanato Moicano. Uh, this was a TKO at 44 seconds of the second round. First round was... Um, you know, one of those rounds where they were kind of feeling each other out. And then Aldo came out in the second guns blaze, and he just um, put it all out there. Was throwing kicks, punches, everything he could. And the fight got stopped on the feet, which is kind of unusual. Maikano wasn't out, but he was covering up, taking a lot of hard shots, body shots, shots to the head. Uh, and Aldo was hyper-aggressive, unlike... You know, most of his recent fights. I mean, the, the Stevens finish was nice, but, you know, the, the last few years, a lot of those title fights were going five rounds. He wasn't finishing guys. Um, but this fight, he, he looked like a killer. Uh, he wants to retire this year, have two more fights in Brazil and retire. If he's going to fight like this, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I, I'd like to continue to see Jose Aldo fight aggressively like this really put it all out there and finish finish his career on a strong note. Aldo's still a, a great featherweight despite, you know, the two losses to Holloway and the McGregor loss. He's, you know, the second best guy in the division at this point, I, I think. Um, well, we'll see where he goes from here. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk afterwards about who he should fight next. Um off the top of my head, I don't have have a name. I know Volkanovski's out there. He, he said he wanted to fight Aldo, but Aldo probably wants a bigger name than that. So good win for Aldo, a return to old form, and um, showed he's still got a little bit of tread on those tires, which is ironic I say that as the reason I went to get the car fixed here is because it had a flat tire. I drove it on a donut all the way here a 45-minute ride. Moving along, another guy with a little bit of tread on those tires is Damian Maya, who is 41 years old. He defeated Lyman Good with a rear naked choke at 238 of the first round. Um, Lyman Good's no joke. Uh, he fought in Bellator for, for years and has a very good record. I think he's like 18 and 3, 18 and 4. A good, legit dude. And Maya just made it look easy. He got a couple takedowns good was able to get back up but Maya eventually got his back um, kind of you know did the the backpack move where good was standing and Demi Maya just had his legs wrapped around him kind of in a, a, a body triangle and was able after a little bit of struggle get the choke in and good tapped out so Maya will live to fight another day despite being 41 his grappling's just so good. Um, 
you know, your mid-level UFC fighters aren't going to be able to compete with that grappling. Granted, Maya's slowed down. His striking's not the best. He's never going to win a title at this point, um, especially after just, you know, the Woodley loss. Uh, being 41, um, he's not going to get better at this point. But if you let him get your back or take you down, you're, you're going to have problems. Uh, Charles Oliveira defeated David Tamor with an anaconda choke. Uh, that was at 55 seconds of the second round. Oliveira increases his record of submission victories in the UFC. I think he's got three more than the next guy now. So Oliveira, another, another big win at 155. I know he wants to fight at 145, but he's looked great recently at 155. He said he wants to stay active, fight three or four more times this year. Um, Oliver is super talented, still fairly young, despite having, you know, almost 20 fights on the UFC at this point. Um, he's, a, he's a good fighter. It, it just sometimes it seems like mentally he, he's not always in the fights as much as he should, but... Maybe as he's getting older, he's kind of worked on that, and, um, you know, he, he should be fighting a top-ten guy next. At light heavyweight, Johnny Walker defeated Justin Ledette with a spinning back fist and punches on the ground at 15 seconds of the first round. Johnny Walker, um, we don't know how good he is. Brazilian guy, very tall for the light heavyweight division, um, has looked Phenomenal in his two fights in the UFC. He, um, I forget who he, uh, Khalil Roundtree he beat in his first fight. And Justin Ledet's a, a decent light heavyweight. He's an athletic guy, has been in the UFC for a couple years, and has looked good in a lot of his fights. Walker just smoked him. He landed a spinning back fist. Ledet goes down. Walker runs in as if he's going for trying to kick a field goal in the NFL with a soccer kick. He misses Justin Ledette, luckily. Otherwise, he would have been disqualified for a head kick on the ground. Misses the head kick and then just throws these vicious punches where he's reaching up to the sky, just dropping these punches on Ledette, and the ref stops it quickly. Uh, impressive win. Walker definitely has some charisma. He came out dancing and swiveling his hips and kind of bumping and grinding when the ref was checking him on his way into the cage then after the fight he's doing like backflips kip ups he's doing the worm in the cage for for the celebration definitely a charismatic guy somebody you remember after the show obviously the question is how good is he, he he's not fighting elite fighters here Kenny what's his takedown defense like we have no idea he's just knocking guys out so quick that it that it's hard to tell does he have any kind of cardio remains to be seen um uh, him fighting a wrestler probably makes sense he asked for jimmy manila next which actually is kind of smart on his move manila's got kind of a name he's a top 10 fighter but he's known for striking so that, that would be a fight that should have some fireworks. Both guys will come out and bang. Is, is it time for him to fight a wrestler? Would that derail some of this hype? Maybe. We don't know. We, we don't know what his ground game's like, but usually Brazilian fighters don't have the best takedown defense. They're not known for their wrestling. Uh, there's not that tradition there like there is in the United States. 
So I, I'd be okay with the Manoa fight next, I think. Uh, and then maybe give him a wrestler. But th- there's definitely some star potential there for Johnny Walker. It's just he's young in his career and hasn't fought a lot of top guys. So it's hard to say what his ceiling is or how good he's going to be. But um, definitely an impressive win and one of those star-making performances. Obviously, the question is, you know, how many people saw his fight on ESPN+. Plus? Uh, their numbers have been good. It looks like they've got 2 million subscribers now to ESPN+. Plus, but what percentage of those were watching this show? It's hard to say. The, those numbers aren't out. They'll probably never get released. But um, Johnny Walker did everything he could in, in this fight. There's also a lot of meme potential there with Johnny Walker. He's a Brazilian guy with the name of a scotch. You know, Johnny Walker red, black, blue, gold, green. So many options for memes. Uh, and the opener on the main card, Livia Hanato Sosa defeated Sarah Frota by split decision. 28 29, 29 28, 29 28. Frota missed weight by 7 lb She looked like a weight class above. Uh, Sosa here, but Sosa got some takedowns in the first two rounds and then kind of coasted in the third. Frodo was hitting her with some hard shots in the the second and third rounds, but it wasn't enough to really stun Sosa. Frodo looked so much bigger and so much more powerful, though, and she still couldn't get the win. I mean, coming in seven pounds overweight at 115 pounds is a, a significant advantage. If it was heavyweight, light heavyweight, say, all right, seven pounds isn't that big a deal, but when you're talking 115-pound women fighters, seven pounds is, you know, probably a 5% weight difference anyways. Uh, On the prelims, most of these fights went to decision. Marcus Perez defeated Anthony Hernandez, though, with a submission anaconda. Um, Jarzinho Rosenstrike defeated Junior Albini by... TKO, head kick and punches. This is actually pretty impressive. He hit Albini with a couple shots, rocked him, knocked him down. We know Albini has a chin. He's been in there with Arlovsky and some different guys and gone three plus round, three rounds anyways. So uh, good win for Rosenstrike there. Then also on the prelims, Saeed Nurmagomedov defeated Ricardo Ramos with a spinning back kick to the body and punches. This is one of those, you know, where they the fighter gets the heel into the other guy's liver or kidney or some sort of internal organ that's not supposed to be kicked really hard and kind of crumples the guy. Then the other guy comes in uh, with punches and gets the win. Uh, So kind of a cool finish there if you're looking for a couple fights on the prelims to watch. Performance of the night went to Marlon Moraes, Jose Aldo, Charles Oliveira, and Johnny Walker. Each guy got an extra $50,000. Good show overall, I thought. Uh, A lot of action on that main card. Worth trying to uh, go out and watch. Uh, Over the past week, Dana White um, made some news for coming out against the Nevada Athletic Commission looking to punish fighters over trash talk. Dana said, I, I think it's gotten to the point with certain, I'm sorry, let's back up. Again, I'm trying to do this while driving. The, the issue came up at uh, that last Nevada Athletic Commission hearing where they 
came down with decisions on John Jones, Khabib, and Connor fines and you know whatnot from the the brawl incident at their fight at the the last pay per view, um, and one of the the commissioners there said and this is Bob Bennett speaking for the Nevada Athletic Commission, I think it's gotten to the point with certain unarmed combatants to where it's become totally unacceptable. There's not any other athletes that I'm aware of that have spoken in various press conferences the way Mr. McGregor has. I definitely think unequivocally that's something we need to take a more active role in and take an active role in their language. Uh, At the time, I, I thought this sounded crazy myself. I don't know how you police, how an athletic commission can police the language of fighters. Bennett was referring to a presser in New York, no less. So a state outside of Nevada's jurisdiction, he thinks they should punish fighters based on the language they use. I don't know what language would be against their rules, how much you fine a fighter. I would not want to get into that business if I was an athletic commission. But, hey, if you can fine a fighter 50 grand for dropping some F-bombs or, you know, saying something inflammatory to another fighter, eh, why not put that in the state's coffers, I guess. If you can't tell I'm being sarcastic. You can't limit speech especially amongst fighters in other states. Uh, Dana White said, I think it's crazy. I think it's insane. I think it's unconstitutional, first of all. I don't think you can legally do that. These guys get into a cage and they punch each other in the face. They can knock each other unconscious. They can choke each other. But they can't say mean things to each other. It's pretty ridiculous. And Dana White, you are correct in this case. It is ridiculous. Nevada should not be um, governing speech and penalizing guys for what they say. It's ridiculous. Uh, In other Nevada Athletic Commission news, Khabib has decided against doing a public service announcement for Nevada. He says Nevada is a state where drugs, prostitution, and gambling are legal and he's not going to do an anti-bullying PSA as a result. Um, he thinks they should work on themselves. I don't know if that totally makes sense, but Khabib can do whatever he wants. He was probably going to take the time off this summer anyway and not fight. The idea was if he did a public service announcement for Nevada, you know, saying bullying's bad or be kind or whatever they wanted him to say, they would have cut his suspension short from nine months to six months. But he's refusing to do this and he'll take a nine-month suspension uh, and probably come back to fight in the fall. Um, Usually he takes the summer off for Ramadan anyway because he's got to fast and it's hard to train, yada, yada, yada. We've been over that quite a few times. So... I don't think he really cared that much, and you can kind of make a statement that says, you know what, you guys are not everything I believe in and stand for. Obviously, Khabib's not going to be a big fan of gambling, prostitution, (laughs) or legal drugs anyways, so I kind of get it. It really serves no no benefit to him because he wasn't 
going to fight anyways. Um, just kind of funny that he calls out Nevada like that after he's fought there for so many years and made so much money in the state from his last fight with Connor. Now he's got an issue with their their politics and what they allow to be legal in the state. Um, kind of hard to take him serious in that regard. Um, in other <laughs> Nevada Athletic Commission-related news, John Jones had a couple more abnormal drug tests. Not surprising. He took a test on January 6th and January 7th. Both had trace amounts of the steroid oral turinabol, which in theory should be in there if you take the pulsing theory as legitimate. Again, I have my doubts, but the turinabol is still showing up, and in theory, according to Jones, and I guess a couple doctors told him that that could happen for up to seven years. So in a way, he um, is kind of testing the way he said he would. It could still be in his system, and it is. The, the issue, of course, is he's headed into a fight with Anthony Smith at UFC 235 on March 2nd with Turinabal still in his system, which you would think is an unfair advantage. He's got... PEDs in his blood and urine um, while he's training for a fight feels sketchy to me. Seems like it shouldn't be okay, but at the same time, there is the argument that he was already penalized for this drug, and there's nothing he can do about it. Feels off, probably is off, but at this point it is what it is. In theory, he could keep popping for Turinabal indefinitely. Um, time will tell. I mean, as long as nothing else shows up in his system, he should be okay. And even with the Turinabal still happening, they, I don't think they determined a threshold of how many picograms he can have. But as long as he keeps it, you know, no more than 80, I, I would think he would be safe. Um, as I mentioned earlier, ESPN Plus does have 2 million subscribers now, which is a great number. Um, there's also a lot of other sports on ESPN Plus. There's Major League Baseball, NHL, MLS, Grand Slam Tennis, Boxing, there's PGA, and also got some more obscure stuff like Rugby and Cricket, uh, plus all their 30 for 30 documentaries. So again, having 2 million subscribers is great. Obviously, it's only at 5 bucks a month. It's affordable. Um, the question is how many of those subscribers are actually watching UFC shows on ESPN+, and we don't have those numbers. Obviously, they got a bump with, ES, with the UFC joining. I think they, they added over 500,000 subscribers just based on that first UFC show, and over the last month, they've added a million total. So... Um, the UFC moving to ESPN and ESPN Plus has obviously been a, a benefit for those ESPN Plus numbers. So we think the executives in, in Bristol, Connecticut are, are happy with this UFC partnership thus far. Um, <laughs> a guy who probably isn't happy right now is Ali Abdelaziz. He was on Ariel Helwani's show on Monday. 
and claims people have been trying to kill him. Uh, I don't know who these people would be. He didn't mention any names or any possible people, but he told Ariel that somebody tried to poison me and I was in the hospital two times. People have been trying to kill me, but I'm still alive. I was poisoned in bed. I was dying. Somebody tried to kill me in New York. I'm impressed by Helwani um, <laughs> about what type of poison or who might have done this. Abdelaziz re- refused to reveal more, saying, It doesn't matter. I was poisoned. It doesn't matter. Like I said, if you're my friend, I'm going to love you more. If you're not my friend, don't come around me. Could this be completely made up? Yeah. Could Abdelaziz maybe just had food poisoning like anybody gets? Yeah. Did he provide any evidence that someone poisoned him? No. Did this get a lot of press? Yes. Is Abdelaziz not trustworthy in almost every way? Yes. Do I think he was poisoned? No. Is he getting more media impressed because of this? Yes. Is that what he's trying to do? Probably. Are people eating it up? Yes. So, I mean, Abdelaziz manages to keep himself in the news and keeps getting his fighters title shots and big money fights. He's doing something right. But I don't think it's on the up and up. I don't know how he's doing it. There's been theories floated out there that he keeps his own fighters pay down and then gets kickbacks from the UFC. I can't imagine the UFC would be doing that. It seems totally way too risky for a fight promotion to do that. But I I don't know how Abdelaziz, with all the negative press around him, and his ties to, you know, Egypt and terrorist groups and coming into the States on 9-11 with a fake passport and forged documents and everything else, how people can take him seriously, yet people do. Um, it's, it's baffling. I, I don't know. I mean, he must do a good enough job for the fighters because... He's got like 50 UFC fighters under contract, more than anybody else in MMA. But you, you can't trust this guy. I, I, I don't believe he was poisoned. Um, I think he makes stuff up. And he provided no evidence that he actually was. So um, just another funny, ridiculous Ali Abdelaziz story. Um, one guy who is uh, doing pretty well, though, is Lorenzo Fertitta. He recently bought a $125 million super yacht. If you remember back, he was a co-owner of the UFC with his brother Frank. They owned um, Station Casinos in Las Vegas, bought the UFC, and sold it for $4 billion. I think Dana White made like $300 and something million off the sale. Lorenzo and Frank basically split the rest of the profits themselves. so Lorenzo was a billionaire before the UFC sale. Now he's a bigger billionaire, and he had a yacht built for himself uh, that took several years. It is 285 feet worth $125 million. It takes a crew of 27 people 
to manage the boat. It has an owner stateroom, four large guest rooms, and two VIP staterooms that can have 14 guests living luxuriously. According to the report, it also has a large pool and will also have a helicopter landing facility. Uh, there is literally music videos made about this yacht. Um, the salaries of the permanent crew are expensive. It is estimated that owners have to pay 10% of the vessel's value in upkeep each year. So Lorenzo's, Lorenzo's boat could cost him at least $12.5 million a year to maintain. The boat costs $125 million. He's going to spend $12 million just on upkeep on this thing. Um, he's a, a wealthy, wealthy individual. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, like you, you think about, you know, athletes or something who are super rich, you know, making $12 million a year or whatever, NFL players. Think like Tom Brady's contract with the Patriots pays $15 million a year, right? Lorenzo's spending $12.5 million a year to take care of his boat. He's spending almost what Tom Brady makes a year from the Patriots just to maintain a boat. It's insane. It's absolutely insane amount of money. Um, whether or not you believe in wealth inequality and redistributing some of that money, I don't know. $12 million to take care of your boat seems uh, a bit excessive to me. Um, but whatever. He, he did buy a company that was losing money and turn it into a $4 billion business. So he, he deserves uh, some luxuries in life, but that seems a bit, a bit much. In other news, we do have a couple shows, MMA shows this weekend. One is Bellator. I struggled trying to figure out if this show can even be watched on Paramount Network or DAZN. I still don't know. I went to Bellator's website. It doesn't say that it's airing anywhere in the States. It actually takes place in Newcastle, England. The main event is Patricky Pitbull Frere versus Ryan Scope. This is on February 9th, Saturday. It looks like it starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, but for the life of me, I couldn't figure out where this thing was airing, and I spent some time on it. Um, no idea. No, no clue. Can't figure out. So if you want to watch it, I, I'm guessing maybe it's on Bellator.com or Zone, but it doesn't look like it's on Paramount Network. I looked at their TV schedule, and they've got some bad Will, Will Ferrell movies playing at the time. This show's on live, and it doesn't look like it's on tape delay either on Paramount. So check Zone maybe or Bellator.com if you are a super hardcore Bellator MMA fan. I, I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, in the Cobain, Aaron Chalmers versus Corey Browning, uh, middleweight Fabian Edwards versus Lee Chadwick, and Terry Brazier, Brazier, Brazier sounds weird, uh, versus Chris Bungard opens the show. A um, lot, lot of fights on the prelims, no guys you've ever heard of. Um, must be a lot of local English, uh, British fighters on this show. Um, it says the prelims are going to be on Bellator.com, but 
I don't know where you go to see the main card. This is ridiculous. Uh, so that's your Bellator preview for the weekend. Then also on Saturday night, uh, I'm changing highways here. I gotta change my speed limit. Here we go. Good. We're uh, on cruise control again. Uh, this weekend we've got UFC 234. This one is in Melbourne, Australia at the Rod Laver Arena on Saturday, February 10th. We've got a main event of Robert Whitaker defending his middleweight championship against Kelvin Gastelum. Um, you know, not, not a ton of name value there. Whitaker is not a draw yet, even though he probably should be. Exciting fighter, great striker. He's beat Yoel Romero twice. He's beat Jacare. Um, the guy's no joke. He, he moved up from welterweight and has looked unbelievable at middleweight. Um, Kelvin Gastelum, another guy that's moved up from welterweight and gone up to middleweight and looked really good. His lone loss at middleweight, I believe, was to Chris Weidman. Um, otherwise, he's unblemished at middleweight, if memory serves me. Um, you know, a, a good fight, but it, I, I like Whitaker. If Whitaker can beat Romero, I, I think he can beat Gastelum. Um, Gastelum's wrestling obviously isn't good as Romero's. I would favor Romero in a fight against Gastelum just because he's bigger and more athletic. Um, I, I, I think Whitaker takes this one. I, th I think he could beat him standing on the feet. Just he, He's got great hands and has looked really good. In the co-main event, we've got Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva. This is clearly a fight of young versus old. They're building Adesanya up. He's looked... Uh, really good in his last couple fights. I'm trying to think of who he beat in his last one. Um, damn it. Ugh, it's going to come to me later. Anyway, in his last fight, Adesanya looked great. Won it on the feet. He's got great kickboxing. Very confident. Charismatic guy. Anderson Silva's coming back after a suspension. Um, you know, was, I want to say 44 now. Has obviously slowed down a lot. Has struggled in his last few fights to get wins. Um, does Silva have a shot? Yeah, of course. Um, it's MMA. Anything can happen. But Adesanya's got to be the favorite here. He's, he's the young lion. Um, has wanted this fight since he was a kid, literally. <laughs> Anderson's probably got 18 years on him. So he grew up watching Silva. Um really idolizes the guy he had said he didn't really want to fight Anderson because he was such a big fan of his growing up but it, it, it's time the fight makes sense um, I like Adesanya in it could Silva turn back time and, and get the win yeah I mean Jose Aldo did it just you know last week but I, I feel like the age difference and the gap and the time off for Silva is going to make this tough um for him to get the win, but we 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 will see. Adesanya had good takedown defense in his last fight. I don't see Silva going for a takedown. Um, I kind of see Anderson getting lit up on the feet, which is sad to think of when you picture Prime Anderson beating beating the hell out of everyone on the feet and looking like something out of the Matrix. So um, it'll it'll be an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to that one just to see. If Anderson has anything left and how good Adesanya really is. Uh, the rest of this card is pretty weak. We got Ronnie Yaya versus Ricky Simon 
on the main card. Montana De La Rosa versus Nadia Kasim and Jim Crute versus Sam Alvey at late heavyweight. Pretty weak main card after those top two fights. Uh, the prelims don't look a lot better. Uh, the prelims are actually on uh, regular ESPN. You've got Devontae Smith versus Dong Hyun Ma, Shane Young versus Austin Arnett, Kai Kara France versus Ralian Paiva, and Teruto Ishihara versus Kyung Ho Kang opening the prelims on ESPN. So Ishihara's got a bit of a name, not a great fighter. The rest of those prelims, you've probably never heard of any of those guys. On Fight Pass early prelims, we've got Lando Venata, who's um, looked great in his early UFC fights. He's been on a bit of a skid versus Marcos Rosa. Callan Potter versus Jalen Turner. And Wuliji Burin versus Jonathan Martinez opening the card. So not, not the... Not a lot of name value on this show after the top two fights. Um, I, I don't see this show doing well on pay-per-view. Anderson might have a little bit of name value still, but if this show does 200,000 buys, I, I think the UFC would, would, be, would be happy with that. Um, I mean, it's going to be record-breaking low, like an Amanda Nunes fight under 100,000 or a really bad DJ fight. Demetrius Johnson, I, I doubt it. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, but it's not going to do big numbers either. Um, nobody's getting a $10 million payday after this show, that's for sure. Uh, in other news, uh, I want to do a couple weird news stories. I, I'm getting close to home now. Um, there was a mountain lion attack in Colorado a guy was out jogging in the mountains of Colorado, and the story caught my eye. Uh, this is from CNN.com. Trapped by the sharp claws and teeth of a mountain lion, a runner fought hard for his life. To break free, wildlife officials said he choked the animal to death. This mountain lion was 80 pounds. Attacked him from behind. <laughs> the lion bit the runner's face and wrist. He managed to break free and kill the lion in self-defense. This guy's got to be a jujitsu black belt at least, right? Like, did he use a triangle to choke the lion? Was it just, you know, a rear naked choke perhaps? I, I can't imagine it was a mountain lion leg in guillotine, anything like that. Um... How do you choke a mountain lion? I can't even imagine trying to choke a regular cat. Like rolling around, clawing you, freaking out. Um, I, 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 I wish there was video of this. I'd like to see this. I doubt it exists. There's probably not a web, lot of webcams up in the Colorado mountains. But geez, I, I can't imagine trying to choke out a mountain lion. The, this guy, this runner... Uh, is something else. I, I wouldn't want to fight this runner either. I guess I would rather fight the mountain lion than the runner. The runner sounds more more dangerous, I guess. But uh, an impressive win for the Colorado jogger over the mountain lion. Submission, rear naked choke at 2 minutes 33 seconds of the second round. Congrats. 
And finally, in our weird story of the week, kind of Super Bowl related, congratulations to the Patriots on their sixth Super Bowl title. I know most of the world and country are sick of the Patriots. Uh, I get it. You know, Tom Brady smirking in these videos is probably getting old for everyone. I can appreciate it. But uh, they did get the win. Uh, one person who was really upset with it was a Florida fan. Uh, apparently, she was giving her husband a hard time about Tom Brady and was dissing him. So uh, the husband uh, beat, his, beat his wife up, I guess, is the story. Uh, I'm actually pulled into a parking lot now, so I'll, I'll read the story. Alan Tusig, 39, was watching the Super Bowl at the couple's home in Palmetto, Florida. Go figure this happened in Florida. When the woman made provocative comments about the Patriots quarterback, the football buff allegedly flew into a fit of rage, smashed a plate of food on the floor. I'm guessing probably chicken wings and maybe like chips and dip. Maybe um, like Tostitos and salsa. That's your standard uh, Florida Super Bowl food, I would think. Uh, he threw the plate on the floor, smashed it, pushed his 39-year-old, I guess it's his girlfriend, on the bed and held her arms down. He allegedly whacked her on the right side of her mouth and yelled, I'll hit you again. His son, who witnessed the wild outburst, told cops. He ran off after the attack, returned at around 10.30 p.m., and was arrested on a misdemeanor domestic battery charge. It's unclear exactly how the woman dissed Brady, but Tusing isn't the only Florida football fan who lashed out at his lover over the big game. Cheryl Merrill, 60, of Ponte Vedra Beach, was busted for throwing a wooden shelf at her boyfriend during an argument about who would win the Super Bowl on Sunday. She was extremely intoxicated, according to police. So we had at least two domestic assaults over the Patriots' win in Florida. Uh, here's the thing. In relative terms, Tom Brady, probably pretty good guy. Could you give him crap for deflating balls? Sure. Could you give him crap for, you know, stealing money for from a charity for uh, kids with special needs? Probably. Could you give him crap, you know, for being sort of involved with Spygate? Probably. Um, are those minor things in the scope of someone's life and career? Yes. There's no domestic assaults on Tom Brady's record. There's no drug test failures. In the scheme of a 20-year career in the NFL under the harshest media scrutiny, he's come out pretty unscathed. If you wanted to troll a real Patriots fan and get them pissed off, would you bring up all that stuff about Deflategate and, you know, throwing out his cell phone uh, to hide evidence regarding text messages about Deflategate? Yeah. You could troll a, a Patriots fan with that stuff. Would Should you get so upset if you're a Tom Brady fan and Patriots fan that you attack your girlfriend and get arrested? No. Even if you're getting trolled, you should never take it out with physical violence. That's my tip for the day. Don't put your hands on other people. No matter what, keep your hands to yourself. People can talk. There's freedom of speech. But once you start hitting other people... Uh, or threatening them with physical harm, that's when you cross the line. That's my advice.
to all you MMA, MMA show fans. Uh, That'll be the show for the week. I appreciate you listening. This was Matt's Middle-Aged Mixed Martial Arts News Show. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.